Welcome to your Right to Speak discussions on social justice and advocacy. This is episode 38, and I'm your host, Salvatore. On today's episode, we'll be talking with myself and Wolfgang, um, the other host of CYC podcast, and we're going to be having more of a reflective episode today and kind of just talking about some of our most memorable moments, some of the lessons we've learned um, in 2018 and th- thus far. I'm very excited to have Wolfgang on the show. This is the first time I'm having him on my show. So welcome, Wolfgang. Thanks, Salvatore. It's exciting to be here, <laughs> to be a guest in my own world. It's fun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I guess in pure fashion of the way we do our shows, we'll just kind of dive right into it. How do you feel about that? I like diving. Yeah. Yeah, why, why look before you leap? Let's just leap That's into right. the unknown. <laughs> um, so my question for both of us um, is, what has been your most memorable episode in 2018 or so far? Yeah, well, I, I, I won't go back to so far because I've done a lot of episodes yeah. over the, yeah. <laughs> we, I've been doing this since 2012. So, um, yeah, I think wow. this episode actually will be our 150th. This, this one that we're doing together will be the 150th, uh, CYC podcast. So congratulations oh, wow. to us. That's pretty cool. Right. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so this this year, you know, one of the things that I really, really like about the the podcast is meeting new people. And sometimes I meet them in person and and often I don't. And so uh, so, for example, uh, Dr. Karen Modi uh, from from India, um, I met her initially through the podcast and actually had an opportunity to meet her in person um, and then the the interview with uh, Veronique Church Duplessis as well was a was a new person. A lot of the other um, podcasts I had I had already known one or another of the of the people. Although the um, the one the the panel that I did around uh, with around queer black women and education. Uh, there was a lot of people in that panel who I who I had never met, although I did I did know uh, Tanitia. So you know, it's hard for me to say I have a favorite. I would say that um, the memorable ones, you know, uh, you know, the, the meeting new people are often the ones that that really strike strike out or stick out for me. How about you? Are any ones that that stick out for you particularly? Um. There are, you know, quite a few. All my episodes have always been my most memorable ones because <laughs> I've learned. <laughs> I've learned, you know, truly I've learned something new. Um, and it's changed my perspective in each episode I've ever done. Um, so I'm always grateful um, and thankful for you know, the lessons that I'm constantly being taught and, you know, the challenge that, you know, my guests kind of put me through. I would have to say, you know, because Your Right to Speak focuses so much on, you know, social justice and advocacy, and because I am such a huge child advocate, as you know, and some of the listeners, um, the episodes where I've actually had youth come onto the show and, you know, really speak from their perspectives, um, was very 
meaningful for me because um, I've worked so hard in the past to kind of, you know, really elevate the voices of young people. Um, one particular episode when I was talking with the youth about um, youth discrimination and how youth are discriminated against their age, I would have to say to this point, it, it, you know, I, I'm not going to pick favorites, but that was one of my most memorable ones um, because it kind of furthered my learning in, you know, working with young people and advocating with them. Um, yeah. How, how, it, how, had, how did it shift your, your, your practice? Because you work, you know, you're, you're working residential care right now. You know, how did talking to that particular young person shift how you work with young people? You know, I think before, you know, that episode, I was, you know, always coming from a space of that, you know, youth need to have an opinion, they need to be able to speak their minds. And, you know, that episode really shifted and it furthered the work that I was doing in my master's thesis, which we talked a while ago, I think, mm-hmm. um, about like how we really need to remember that youth are in an adult world and how we communicate with youth and how if we're not careful about the spaces youth are entering um, and not aware that it is an adult world, we're kind of putting youth at a disadvantage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that so phrase, an adult world. It, it, it really is. There's a, um, there's a great um, book by, I think the author's name is John Holt, called um, As Soon As You're Born, They Make You Feel Small. And uh, it, in so many ways, that really captures what you're, what you're speaking about. We as adults um, really do uh, make those who are not adults uh, feel quite unwelcome in a lot of ways. Right. And, you know, truly, now that I've been at, you know, my residential group home in the full-time position, when I was brought on, I kind of looked at our programming and that episode kind of helped me, you know, kind of advocating with the youth and allowing us to kind of restructure how we do our program nights here. So now we have more voice for the youth to, um, in our programming night. So, you know, for example, you know, in residential care, we know that there's always some sort of program night and youth have to, you know, learn a certain skill or, you know, a coping strategy. And they're told of like, let's say what skill they're learning. And, you know, there's still openness and space for youth to share their opinions. But what we do at my workplace right now is we have kind of we call them a menu of skills so youth actually pick the skill that they want to learn for um let's say a month or until it actually i guess ends for them and they're picking the skills that they think they need to live independently after they transition out of the group home um and you know it's been great the I guess the whole house or, you know, all my youth ended up picking the same skill. So we've been working on financial literacy mm. and, you know, we as adults enough to say, you need to learn financial literacy before you transition out of the group home. They picked it themselves and they were aware of themselves 
uh, or aware of the skills that they need to learn. So, you know, I think just as, you know, CYCs and social workers, we always have to kind of question our, ourselves and where we're coming from. And that episode for me was a huge light bulb moment. Nice. That's such a great example around the the programming. And people will people will do what they're interested in and people don't want to do what they're not interested in. <laughs> so ask people right. what they're interested in, right? It's basic human and, stuff, but we forget that. And it's even just recognizing and acknowledging that the youth know what skills that they think they need to live independently and successfully. Absolutely. Right? And, you know, it takes more of an individual basis, which, you know, my group home is kind of really our foundation is that is very individualized and it kind of furthers that work more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well said. So, you know, I've kind of touched upon this, but, you know, I have to ask what has been some of the lessons you've learned in 2018? Well, you know, I, I you know, I think for me, 2018 was, it was a, it was a, um, a particularly difficult year with the podcast, um, and in particular uh, around the episode that I did with Mike um, uh, around you know sexual predation and the music industry, and then the response to that episode um, from from some listeners and. And then, um, you know, you and I spoke and, and Mike and I spoke and all three of us, you know, had had communication uh, amongst each other. Um, and that was that was really hard. And so, you know, the uh, and really, really important for me as well, uh, as far as my own learning. Right. And, and frequently learning is going to be. Uh, difficult, right? I mean, we 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 retain things that are hard, <laughs> right? Yeah. Things that are easy, we we you know we forget them, right? When things are things are hard, we're we're more likely to retain them, and so, you know, I think that there were uh, some some really important lessons about, uh, you know, sort of the responsibilities of doing something like CYC podcasts, and what are the implications of that when we put things out and you know is that conversation that that mike and i had should that have been put out or would that have just been better a conversation um between mike and i and and trying to sort of move um listen to each other and and move our own positions rather than put that into a public sphere where other people can hear it and are going to um, respond to it and, and they're going to have, um, you know, uncomfortable, unpleasant, uh, unnecessary, unnecessary feelings. Um, and so that was, that was, a, a, an important, important lesson for me. And I, you know, it's one that continue, I continue to reflect upon, right? What, uh, what topics do uh, do I have conversations about what topics? Do I have conversations about who do I have those conversations with? Um, yeah, how do we how do we you know be responsible and responsive to our to our listeners? Um, and I really, really, you know, the 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 follow up conversations that I had with them. 
uh, Veronique uh, Church Duplessis afterwards uh, were, I thought, you know, you know, quite memorable and, and quite important and insightful conversations on how to how to talk about about violence and sexual violence, and it's such a, a prevalent issue in 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 the world today and the culture today. And I'm 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 glad that I was able to have those conversations with with uh, with Veronique about about this topic. So, do you think you know after? You know, that episode had come out, you know, for me, I, and some of the response we were getting from listeners, for me, I was kind of, I, you know, I really took a step back and, you know, further reflected on, you know, my past episodes as well. And it kind of made me second guess and be a bit more, um, I don't know the word I'm looking for. It just made me kind of second guess what my future episodes may be because I want it to be kind of extra careful and, you know, kind of going back to what you were saying of not, you know, letting certain conversations in, I guess, the online world, right? Or, you know, seeing what certain topics may be appropriate or how listeners are going to react to them. Did, did you find that you were kind of second guessing yourself after that? I don't know if I would say second guessing myself as as much as uh, just trying to be really um, conscious in my in my choices. Like I don't think that I don't think there's been a situation up till now where I haven't um, interviewed a person that I was thinking of interviewing, which I was like, mm, I'm not sure about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think that that has happened. I think that, you know, I've I've sought out conversations. You know, I made a made a commitment to listeners that uh, I would continue to have conversations around sexual violence, and so I've I've done that. And and so, for example, when I interviewed Jordan Hightower about the uh, transitioning home uh, podcast project, we talked about. Uh, about about violence and, and sexual violence in in that realm and and so it, it's something that uh, is is present and I you know will continue to to do stuff with um, you know I I you know I had a situation very very early on um, and I'm not going to go into details now but but we we did an episode we put an episode out and, and basically in the episode. Um, the interviewee um, disclosed, uh, identified somebody who had who had um, sexually assaulted her, and uh, I was I was quite reticent about doing it, and she was quite adamant about putting it out there, and so I I put it out there, and um, and about three weeks later, she she asked me to take it down. And and so now, you know, from that episode, I, I made a, a conscious decision not to to name people um, in those mm. sorts of situations. Right. So if somebody, you know, wants to name somebody, I, I, I you know, I'm, I said, you know, look, this this isn't the forum for that. Um, you know, so I think that this the, the conversation I had with Mike, I think that will be a, another example of something that will inform my practice going 
going forward. You know, the thing that one of the things I really, really appreciated about that was the uh, the response of the the audience and what I thought was the mm-hmm. generosity of the audience. And I, I, I you know, people um, took time to to do some really, I thought, insightful and important analysis of the the interview and why it was problematic and what the concerns were. And, you know, I left that stuff up on, on Facebook and I, I encourage people to go and, and look at it um, because, uh, you know, that that for me was, was, was quite remarkable how people see this podcast as part of part of the larger CYC community and as a place where we can um, hold each other accountable and and put uh, you know critique each other and 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 I really really valued that and so that was a you know a, a really affirming response for me I mean it was kind of great to see the you know the reflectiveness of the audience because for me you know whether we're, you know, teaching in CYC programs or we're working with youth, you know, it was kind of a chance for, you know, all the listeners to kind of practice what they preach, mm-hmm. right? And it for me, it was, you know, I, I really liked, you know, kind of the openness of the audience and just we were kind of all in it together and we're all working through, you know, our own thoughts and our own critical analysis. So, I thought it was great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> there are a lot of things about that, that, you know, sort of the outcomes were great. You know, I, I, I regret having, you know, put that out there and, and right. causing, um, you know, causing hurt for, for people. So that I don't think was so great, but, but I think that yeah. the, the response <laughs> was, was, uh, was really, really heartening. And, you know, Lots of lessons. Yeah, definitely. Um, what have been some of the themes um, you've noticed that have come out through some of your episodes or have come out through your episodes from 2018? Uh, yeah, I'll I'll talk about this. Although I feel like I've been talking a lot, um, and it's oh, me, I know, comfortable <laughs> situation for me. So maybe maybe I can throw that back <laughs> to you first, and then I will then I will uh, I will <laughs> pop back to it. Um, uh, how about you, Salvatore? Any uh, any thoughts on on themes that? <laughs> <Touché>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, for me, well, I can I think a little bit speak more to what's been your right to speak's trademark question, what does advocacy mean to you? Um, because my episodes have been, they, they touch, you know, for me, every type of, well, not every type of social justice issue, but they're so broad and um, they touch on so many different types of issues. But I have noticed, so um, I think since I've started doing the right to speak with you is that, you know, advocacy, one of the big pieces that I've noticed or, and I haven't analyzed each and every, you know, transcript, let's say. <laughs> but there's an exciting but research project in that, I think. So There so. is, right? <laughs> That's what I'm doing on the show. <laughs> <laughs> um, is that, you know, everyone defines advocacy very differently. Mm. There is some commonalities, um, I guess how we word it, um, 
but for the most part, I've noticed that everyone sees advocacy very differently. Um, we have, for example, when I first had, well, I don't know if he's actually said it on the show, but, you know, someone I looked up to, Erwin uh, Elman, mm-hmm. you know, he always talked about advocacy as walking in front of a person, behind a person, or beside them. It all depended what they needed from you. Mm. Um, and then, you know, I've had past people on the show say that advocacy is advocating for when someone doesn't have a voice. Um, and others, you know, on the show saying it's just taking a step back and allowing young people to utilize you when they need you. Um, so th- that's, you know, kind of the big, big piece I've noticed is, you know, advocacy is something different for everyone. And I've kind of noticed that for some people, um, I wouldn't say my past guest on the show, but me working in the field have started to use advocacy as kind of like a catch-all word, mm. um, the same way we use empowerment or mm. youth engagement and mm. not really understanding the meaning behind it. Um, but yeah, I've noticed that, that it's been very individualized. My next research project is. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> a good one. And do, do you think that you have a definition of advocacy in your own head? Uh, my personal definition is I tend to go where Erwin Elman's mind is at mm-hmm. um, about walking in front, beside, or behind. Um, because for me, when I work with youth, I come from a very individualized and you know youth-centered perspective. So sometimes a young person may need you to advocate for them, depending on a certain situation. Other times they just need you to take a step back. And other times they just need you to support them through the process, right? So for me, it's always been very individualized. That's not to say that other people on the show have defined advocacy as wrong. Um, That's just the belief and the perspective that I work from. And everyone kind of works from their own perspective and lived experiences. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a good one. It's a good one. Yeah, so themes themes for me um you're back in the hot seat back in the hot seat it's okay you know it's cold outside today so yeah. a warm seat is, is, is pleasant um you know i i think you know uh, uh, violence um was certainly a, a a theme and and i think that violence you know whether that be around sexual violence or or racial violence um or violence, uh, you know, against trans people. I think a lot of the episodes um, I spoke, uh, I, I covered, and it, and it wasn't a conscious decision. Um, and and a lot of the a lot of the episodes dealt with things like violence, like racism, like sexism, like misogyny, um, and and even child welfare. Right. So you know, uh, interviewed. Uh, Dr. Petra Roberts about uh, residential care in Trinidad and Tobago, and and lots of experiences of of um, you know navigating systems 
and, and, and much more about sort of a, a structural violence and, uh, you know, Karen Modry as well around residential care and sort of resistance, right? Uh, resistance to structural systemic systemic mm -hmm. violence. Um, so I think that was was a bit of a, a, a theme and not not one that I consciously uh, sought out at all. Do you think you would be talking more about that as we transition into 2019? Yeah, that's that's a, a good question. I mean, I don't, um, you know, I th I think that it, it, you know, like I said, it wasn't a conscious um, decision to pursue that. I I suspect part of it is that we are living in a world right now that violence is very uh, front and center, whether it be, you know, uh, uh -huh. wars, whether it be um, Me Too movement, whether it be, um, you know, election of, of, of certain politicians around the world that are, you know, homophobic, that are, you know, misogynistic, that are, um, you know, doing a variety of, of harmful harmful things, uh, closing programs, et cetera, et cetera. You know, I, I think that um, in many ways there was uh, um, an awareness of, of violence and um, uh, that, that, that existed in our culture. And so I think that's part of, part of what it was. Um, so it, it, it may well continue for, uh, for this next year. I'm, I'm, We'll see. It's not something that I was... Um, it wasn't until you asked me to reflect upon the themes for this year. I don't usually do that. Um, and so it was a neat exercise for me to, to think back and look back and review the episodes and go, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Here's some, here's some themes. So you've been in the field for quite some time. <laughs> <laughs> so I hear, yes. <laughs> And, you know, you're also a professor and, you know, have a lot of amount of experience. So, you know, I pose this question to you before I answer it, because I am a speck compared to you. What advice would you offer DYCs or social workers working with young people? So, you know, one of the first things I teach, I, one of the courses I teach is an interviewing and counseling course. And one of the first things that I, I, I tell students um, when teaching that course is, okay, for this semester, your goal is to never give advice to the young people that you are working with. That's your goal. Do not give advice. And uh, it's so, 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 so incredibly hard for, <laughs> for students in the interviewing and counseling course not to give advice, right? Young people will come and say, oh, this is happening. And we want to say, oh, do this or do that or try this or try that. And, uh, and, it, and it's hard not to give advice. And, and so I've really, um, I've worked very, very hard to try to train myself uh, not to give advice, which of course there's a certain irony in that because, as you point out, <laughs> I am a teacher, <laughs> and so really, 
teaching is 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 much of teaching uh, is about uh, advice giving, even if it's um, covert through the, the the process where we get people to come up with uh, their own insights. Now, with that said, um, one of the things that I've been um, doing some some thinking and some reading about recently is this idea of care and what do we mean by by care and uh, how do we define care and and what is care we're we're a field called child and youth care and you you might be shocked how little um, theorizing and uh, philosophizing and discussions there are in in the literature about about what care is in child and youth care and uh, how little we, we we teach it in fact even um, as as educators so um, you know one of the things that I've I've really been thinking about is this idea of, of care and so as as CYCs, as, as social workers, as parents, as community activists, um, how do we bring care into our work? What does care look like in our work? And and I really encourage people to have some thoughts about what care is. And 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 I recognize as well that there's a whole body for in social work, for example, there's a whole. Uh, body of social work that that actively resists the idea of care right that they find the whole idea of care as an oppressive structure and um and they see the the idea of of caregiving or 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 caring as a, as an oppressive um way of interacting with with those we work with so um you know it's it's a fraught um area and i recognize that um, however, I, I would like to encourage people who are entering this field to, to really think about care and, and not only in sort of the golden rule, do unto others as, as you would have them do unto yourself, which I think is a particular type of, of, of understanding of care um, and limited understanding of care. But what, what does care mean? And to go back to you know, what, what you started this, this conversation with today, you know, speak to those we work with, right? About, but what does care mean for you? How how will you know if I'm providing care for you? What, you know, in the same way that you ask uh, all your guests to define advocacy, you know, uh, how do we open up conversations with young people, uh, with families, with community members, with uh, with youth, with colleagues, with our supervisors about care, and say. You know, this this is how I'm going to try to be with you in my professional role as a carer, as a as a caring person. And, and what does that mean for you? So that that would be my um, my advice. You know, I'm always learning from you. Well, thanks. <laughs> that's, that's nice to hear. <laughs> You know, the, uh, truly, you know, the care piece hasn't occurred to me yet. I'm always, you know, always learning from you. I'm going to read up on this now. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Uh, <laughs> Dude, there's lots, there's, there's, there's a dearth in CYC, but there's a lot elsewhere that, uh, that can mm -hmm. be written And you, thoughts, advice, suggestions for, for those working? 
well, as, first, a, I want as a, to say, a, new, a new practitioner, a newer practitioner? I, I first would like to say, I remember you teaching me not to give advice. <laughs> 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 and, you know, now that I'm working in a group home, <laughs> I've realized all the lessons you've taught me <laughs> <laughs> and how difficult it is. And Indeed. in fact, I told one of my girls and I said, I was always taught not to give you advice. So I'm not going to tell you what to do. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. That's so awesome. I love hearing that. <laughs> you know, and the youth respect that, to be honest. So uh, I have a few advices to give. One thing I would definitely give um, is transparency. Mm. Um, I found, you know, me being a primary worker to youth, um, they appreciate the transparency. Um, so, you know, just the example with the advice giving, I, you know, I think the youth appreciated that, you know, you weren't going to get an answer from me. I can support you in coming up with the answer, but I'm not going to tell you what to do. And I've seen that the more transparent or as transparent as possible I could be with the youth, because sometimes you can't be as transparent as you hoped, um, Youth appreciate that. Um, when I'm in my, you know, talk therapy sessions with my youth, I'm very, you know, upfront with them. And if they're going down a path that possibly may lead them to certain negative situations, um, I tell the youth that right away. Um, or if I think they're not making the best decision, you know, I'm very transparent with them. Um, and I, I found that the youth appreciate that, mm-hmm. um, particularly in group homes. Youth know that the staff talk, and youth know that their shift changed, and their staff meetings, and that's already, you know, th- they already know that, especially youth that have been in, you know, the, group, the residential system for so long. Um, for them, it's very normalized, and so they know we talk. Uh, and I think they appreciate it if you're just transparent with them about it and yeah. kind of not making it appear like a secret. Yeah. Nice. What I would also, you know, say is um, just listen to the youth and be patient. Um, sometimes you're going to have some puppy up and down moments with youth, and that's okay. Um, part of our job I find is to go along for the ride. Um, That is the nature of the work we do. I enjoy the bad moments as well as the good moments because there's always learning to be done. Um, So patience is key. Uh, Sometimes we're not seeing the changes or sometimes the youth may regress a bit. And, you know, just kind of being patient with the youth and being with them in that moment or, you know, in that certain period of time in their life. So, you know, they feel supported. Sometimes the youth just wants you to be, just wants you to just be in that moment with them and say nothing. And it means the world to them. Um, And, yeah, just listen and take a very individualized approach. Every agency has policy and a program and... If your agency allows you to have the autonomy and allows you to be a bit more individualized in your work, um, I really suggest that because 
every youth is going to buy into a program differently. Some youth are not going to buy into the program at all. And those are the moments where I think you truly need to be individualized in your work because when that happens, that tells me that you're not meeting a need of the youth and there's a disconnect there. Yeah, well said. Absolutely. Uh, <clears throat> that individualized, transparent, you know, uh, appropriately honest. Yeah, those are those are those are good good pearls to uh to impart there. I would agree with all those. You shaped my mind well, Wolfgang. <laughs> <laughs> good to hear, my friend. Good to hear. <laughs> all those years ago. <laughs> um I don't know where we are with time. I don't we're, have a we're, we're past time, but um, yeah, oh. we're 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 yeah, creeping up to well, I, to to forty minutes now. Oh, wow! See, that's why we're really not on each other's episodes. I do have to ask you this question because I ask everyone this question. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, what does advocacy mean to you? Nice. So I, I um, yeah, I, I, I always appreciate listening to the, the varied responses of your, of your guests. And I, I, I quite liked hearing what you had to say today as well. You know, for me, advocacy is, is about action. It's about a, a, a practice, a way of, of being in relationship with young people. It's a, it's, it's imbued with values. There's, there's a sense of alignment with those I'm, I'm working here. You know, and I think that for advocacy, one of the things that I, I, I'd like to think about with advocacy is this idea of, uh, you know, recognition of interdependence. That I do this for you, but I also do it for myself, right? And so that the, there's, there's an understanding of power. And I think that if I see my role as an advocate always as doing for others, um, that that it, it it shifts things in a way that I'm not necessarily uh, um, comfortable with, and so uh, I I think that um, advocacy for me needs to recognize the the power in the relationship um, between all the different parties involved, and so when I when I engage in some form of advocacy. You know, I, I need to think about how my advocacy um, supports um, how how it shows activism. You know, how it shows encouragement, um, how it manifests care, and how all of those things support advocacy, activism, encouragement, care impact each of us. So it's not just about what it's doing for the young person, for the family, for the community member what is also what is it doing for me that my that my relationship is is interdependent upon the other person and so it's it's less about uh me doing for or or doing to or even doing with necessarily um it's 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 about me doing that which I can and them doing that which they can and maybe their role as an advocate will be for somebody else that uh, or maybe their role as an advocate will be will be for me and um, as I advocate for them for them I am also advocating for my 
for myself because of what it does for me as a as a person in this in this world in this culture in this environment in this residential care in this situation those are my current love thoughts it. on advocacy <laughs> love it it you know it sounds like your definition um is more of this dance in this um circle mm. of advocacy mm. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. nicely said nicely said yeah yeah dancing i love it Absolutely. Thank you for adding to that conversation. You're welcome. Thank you so much, <laughs> Salvatore, for inviting me onto your show today. I've I've really enjoyed it. When you when you invited me on, I was like, oh, oh, that that'll be so much fun. <laughs> and it has been. It's been a lot of fun. It's been it has. Fun. So um, maybe we'll uh, we'll do this again next January. Yeah, I think it's a great idea. Nice. Thank you so much, sir, for all your podcasts. What is this number? What did you say? 36, 39, 37? Uh, let me see. 38. 38. I all the numbers right around there. Yeah. Thank you for doing the 38 episodes that you've done for CYC Podcast. I, I really, really appreciate it. And uh, I, I, I go to conferences. I talk to people. I, I hear folks. And uh, others also appreciate it. So... Keep on doing it, my friend. Thank you for giving me the opportunity. You're welcome. Until next time. Until next time. Let's raise awareness together. 